My name is Nate Mickle. You're listening to Mickles and Dimes Layer 2, where every interview is dedicated to the simple, the practical, and the underappreciated. Matt Abrahams teaches strategic communication at the Stanford Graduate School of Business. He is also the author of two books, Speaking Up Without Freaking Out and Think Faster, Talk Smarter. Prior to teaching at Stanford, Matt held senior leadership positions at leading software companies where he created and ran global learning and development organizations. Matt is a founder at TFTS Communications based in Silicon Valley that helps people improve their presentation skills. He works with executives to help them prepare and present keynote addresses and IPO roadshows, conduct media interviews, and deliver TED Talks. Matt also hosts the Stanford GSB podcast called Think Fast, Talk Smart, and he curates the website nofreakingspeaking.com. Matt earned an undergraduate degree in psychology from Stanford and a graduate degree in communication studies from UC Davis. I hope you enjoyed learning from Matt Abrahams today, because I certainly did. Matt, it's great to connect today. We both have a love for Stanford and speaking, so it's great to have you on the podcast today. Nate, great to be with you. Love to talk to a Stanford alum, and I look forward to the conversation. So as you think about speaking successfully, especially when put on the spot, what simple, practical, unappreciated lessons would you most like to pass on to others? I really appreciate the opportunity to share the, the, my response to this. First and foremost, the ability to communicate spontaneously or planned is something that you can get better at. So many of us feel that it's either we're born with it or we're not. We have the gift of gab or we don't. And that is simply not true. We can all get better. Some of us might by, by nature or by experience have a leg up because we've just done it a little more often than others, but the reality is we can all get better. So that's number one. Number two, anxiety is normal and natural in high stakes communication situations. We can learn to manage the anxiety so we feel more comfortable and confident when we speak. And then finally, by leveraging changes in our mindset and the way we structure our messages, we can actually be effective in any communication situation, especially when put on the spot. Okay, so this first one, I think is especially interesting, too, because when I graduated college, I ended up working as a radio broadcaster, sideline reporter. I would go yeah. to these college football games and interview the coach at halftime and do the post game shows. And my mom calls me one day and she says, I can't believe you're doing this job. Because if you remember, in high school, you didn't talk, you'd come home and you would be silent. You were like, you're a mute. And now you're talking all the time. And I would have never predicted that I would do radio broadcasting, but I got a little practice and then I got some more practice and then I just kept going. So this, this first lesson really kind of rings true with me. Yeah. You sound like my two boys. Uh, I, I, I am convinced my two kids are preparing to be uh, CIA operatives because they don't say anything. So yes, no, exactly right. With a little practice, with a little reflection, uh, we can get better at our communication for sure. So in terms of the next one, managing anxiety, what advice do you have for people? Like, how can we manage our anxiety? Yeah. So my the first book I wrote is called Speaking Up Without Freaking Out. And it's all about very specific, academically verified and tested techniques for managing anxiety. And it boils down to two things. It boils down to managing symptoms and sources. So symptoms are the things that we physiologically experience. So Nate, when you get nervous speaking in front of others, what happens for you? I blush and I begin to perspire. What happens for you? Yeah, heart rate increases. 
Yeah. So these are normal and natural and they're things you can do to adjust them. So for example, you can take a deep belly breath. If you've ever done yoga or Tai Chi, where you inhale and really fill your lower abdomen and then exhale. And the key to the exhalation is to do it slower than the inhale. You want your exhale to be at least twice as long as the inhale. And doing that just two or three times slows down that anxiety response. It slows down the heart rate, reduces your core body temperature, reduces the shakiness. So there are things we can do to manage the symptoms. Sources are the things that initiate or exacerbate our anxiety. So for example, many of us are made nervous because of the goal we're trying to achieve. My students want to get a good grade. The entrepreneurs I coach want to get funding. You, Nate, might want to get your project or, or program approved. And what makes us nervous is we're thinking about what happens if that doesn't come through. So technically, what's making us nervous is our concern about a potential negative future outcome. So to short circuit that, we just become present oriented. Because by definition, if I'm in the present moment, I'm not worried about the future. So how do you do that? Well, do something physical, do a little exercise, walk around the building, talk with people in advance of giving that presentation, that intimate conversation gets you in the present moment. Do like athletes, listen to a song or a playlist before you step onto the stage or walk into the meeting room. You can even do something as simple as start at 100 and count backwards by some challenging number. Try 17s or 13s. Just by virtue of focusing on that counting backwards, you become present oriented. So when it comes to managing anxiety, it's about symptoms and sources, and there are things you can do to address both. Yeah, really interesting. So as you know, this podcast is about simple, practical, and underappreciated. And one of your first insights is that something as simple as breathing can yeah. help us. And, and it's one of those things that we're, you know, we're looking for some sort of like maybe crazy counterintuitive trick that will help us. But how much, like how great is it that just focusing on our breath can actually help reduce those symptoms? And then the sources, I think that's interesting. It, it reminds me of that Mark Twain quote where he said something about, you know, how some of the worst things in my life never even happened. And yeah. we, we stress so much about these things that, you know, probably aren't ever actually going to come into play. Uh, one of the, another thought I had too, is it reminded me, uh, it's a little bit different advice than what you gave. I like your advice of being present focused. Um, although maybe this would work into what you talk about. So a sports psychologist I know, he was at the World Series. He was working with the Tampa Bay Rays, and he's talking to an outfielder pregame, and the outfielder is just kind of a mess. Starts getting in his head and playing this game, you know, like, what if I, you know, make a crucial error that costs us the World Series? What if I strike out? And my friend says, look, that's fine. You know, you got all these thoughts. You're, you're, if, but if you're going to play the what-if game, you got to make sure you play it the right way and start thinking about all the positive what ifs, you know, like, what if you make the game saving catch? What if you hit the home run? So I don't know if that's helping him become more present focused, but it certainly is distracting him from the negative events. So I, I, I really like that advice because there is research that says we, we have are engaged in a lot of negative self-talk. And that negative self-talk actually invites negative performance. So if right before I speak, spontaneous or planned, I say to myself, oh man, I, I'm not good at this, or I should have prepared more. Why am I doing this and Nate isn't doing this? And if I'm saying all these negative things to myself, that puts me in a negative frame that increases the likelihood I'm going to do things poorly. If instead I replace those negative thoughts with something positive, a positive affirmation, positive mantra, 
it can change everything for the good. Now, obviously, uh, we don't want to go overboard. We don't want to say, I'm the best speaker ever, because that can put a lot of stress on ourselves. But if you, and I say this to myself, I still get nervous in some situations. Before I speak, I simply say, I have value to bring. I have value to bring. Most of the time I am speaking, I'm invited to speak. Either I'm the teacher in the classroom or somebody has invited me on a podcast. So somebody somewhere thinks I have something of value to say. And if I remind myself of that, that helps me feel better about myself, reduces the anxiety and shuts down that negative doom loop that can happen when you say negative things to yourself. Now, what a great insight and topic as well, because as you know, you probably report in the book or in other places, you certainly heard that, you know, people would rather, you know, basically be at their own funeral than, than yes. speak in public. Right. And yes. there are things we can do that will make it much easier for us. Okay. So you also mentioned uh, changing our mindset. Uh, how do we go about leveraging changes in mindset? So there are a lot of things I can say here. I dedicate the first four sections of my six-step methodology are all about mindset. So let me just summarize a couple. Many of us, when we communicate, we want to do it right. Just like if you're an athlete, if you're an actor, a dancer, there are right ways and wrong ways to do those types of performances. But communication is not a performance. Communication is really about connecting. So it's about seeing the circumstance, not about perfection, but about connection. When we put pressure to do it right, which by the way, in my many decades of doing this, I have come to the conclusion there is no right way to communicate. There are better ways and worse ways, but by focusing on doing it right, we actually prevent ourselves from doing it well. And it comes down to cognitive load and cognitive bandwidth. If I am constantly judging and evaluating what I'm saying, striving to get it right, that means I have less cognitive energy bandwidth to focus on what I'm doing. So that's one mindset is, is just to say, just get it done. You don't have to do it perfectly. And then the second is many of us see speaking, especially spontaneous speaking, like when people ask you questions or ask you for feedback or you're in a small talk situation, we see those as threatening and challenging, where we have to defend ourselves or our position, make ourselves look good. And that puts a lot of pressure on ourselves. Instead, if we see these circumstances as opportunities to learn, to express curiosity, to collaborate, if I go into these situations seeing it as one of opportunity rather than one of challenge, it totally changes my demeanor. So those are just two of many mindset shifts that can help in communication. So I've never heard this phrase before where speaking is about connection, not perfection. Yeah. What a great mindset shift. You know, every time I'm teaching as a professor, you know, yeah. it's like you want to say things just right and you want to set up yeah. the topic just right. But I'm going to use this. I'm going to start thinking like, look, there's no right way to do this. Yeah. I just need to connect and I have value to add. I, I love that approach as well. I'm, I'm bringing value. And for me, this is about connecting. It, it reminds me of a, I was in an English class my uh, sophomore year of college, and the professor said, uh, write to express, not to impress. And yeah. it was just a simple, you know, a little simple yeah. phrase like, oh, yeah, don't use the big words. Don't try to impress people. Just right. try to express yourself. Don't try yeah. to be perfect when speaking. Just try to connect. That's right. So actually, I, ha I have to attribute that slogan, con perfect connection over perfection to Joan London, the, the news anchor 
uh, I interviewed her for the book and we were talking about it. And, and she actually summarized our, what I was saying in our, in, in articulating it as strive for connection over perfection. So uh, I love it. I love the express don't, don't uh, strive to impress. All of these are really concise, clear ways to remind us of a very important truth. Yeah, very good. And then the last thing I'll say too, I was, I was at a, I remember this clearly still, I was in high school. The, it was a high school basketball game. We're in the tunnel about to come out and I'd played football. Football, you can get amped up because you're going to, you, you, it's like so physical that the nerves didn't really ever bother me much in, in football. But yeah. basketball requires requires a little more fine motor skills. And so yeah. you had to find the right level of kind of activation. And I was feeling too amped up. And yeah. my friend, you know, I, I said I was nervous and he said, uh, you're nervous, I'm excited. Yeah. And just that little shift, I really like that. Like, oh, it, this isn't a threat to go play this basketball game. This is a real opportunity to go have the time of my life and play in front of the fans and the bands playing, you know, on them. So I, I love this phrasing as well of like, this is an opportunity, not a yeah. threat. That's absolutely right. And, and your friend way back in, in that experience you had is onto something. Uh, one of my colleagues and friends, Allison Woods Brooks at Harvard's Business School, did research on reframing the anxiety we feel in speaking as excitement. And it turns out when we do that, we actually perform better and feel less nervous. So so your friend was uh, onto something perhaps even before she uh, academically studied it. Yeah, great job. All credit to uh, Ryan Harris. So yeah, this would have been 1997, 1998. So a couple yeah, of Yeah, I, I don't remember the pub date of her research, but uh, it, it was that's probably before that. Yeah, so he was he was ahead of his time in terms of sports psychology. There well, you go. There you go. Matt, this is awesome. As I as as you know, and as I mentioned, the point of this podcast is simple, practical, underappreciated. We're all speakers. We all speak. We all want to do a good job. And now you, you've given us such actionable tips. And I'm no longer going to stress about perfection. I'm going to be thinking about connection. And uh, I just really appreciate you taking the time to share these lessons with us today. Thank you, Nate, for the conversation. It was great. I loved getting to know you and, and you reinforce some of the things that I think about and talk about all the time. Thanks for listening to this episode of Mickles and Dimes. What simple, practical, underappreciated lessons Matt shared today. First, public speaking is something that all of us can improve at, and much of it comes down to managing the symptoms and sources of anxiety. To manage the symptoms of anxiety, practice specific breathing techniques, like taking in deep breaths and then exhaling for twice as long as we inhale. To manage the sources of anxiety, become present focused by doing something physical, whether it's walking around, talking with people, or listening to music. Finally, we can manage our mindset by reminding ourselves that we have value to bring. The goal of speaking isn't perfection, but rather connection, and each chance to speak is an opportunity to learn and share, rather than a threat or challenge to fear. By managing our anxiety and our mindset, we can all get better at public speaking. It's a simple idea. Please take it seriously. Nate Mickle here with two requests and one suggestion. First, if you would like a quick summary of these lessons delivered to your inbox each week, sign up for Nate's notes at natemickle.com. Second, if you'd give this podcast a five-star review on Apple iTunes, I would really appreciate it. And now a suggestion. If you're like me and want to remember all the lessons shared in previous episodes, visit the list of lessons page on my website, natemickle.com, to see all of the lessons that each previous guest has shared. 
Thank you for your support.